0: Welcome to day 243 of Shaped by the Word, and one of our favorite days, Friday, just because it's Friday, and uh, because I'm Paul Kemp here with Matt Kresge and David Keefe, our normal Friday crew. Uh, whatever day you're listening to this, you should at least bring a Friday attitude oh, yeah. uh, to your readings. <laughs> and we remind you that uh, as we come you know, to the end of the week in our readings, that we've provided psalms for you to read on both Saturday and uh, Sunday, or you could read the two of them you know, together, uh, but more than anything else, it's just important that you gather with God's people and rejoice in Him uh, as He has called us to worship Him and to know Him and to be a community in Christ. So we hope, whether it's at Christ Church or uh, the church where you worship, that you will uh, gather with God's people and be encouraged in His Word this weekend. Father, thank you for the beauty of your Word. Thank you for the encouragement we receive from it. We also thank you, Father, for the conviction. We read the Sermon of the Mount, and we've been challenged by it deeply. We not only see uh, the inadequacies of the world around us, we, we see even more clearly and even more deeply the inadequacies in our own heart. Uh, we indeed are impoverished in spirit and need to mourn the brokenness in the world and be comforted by you. We thank you for your heart. We thank you for pursuing us in the person of Jesus. We thank you for your desire to remake us in his image, and may you do that as we read your word and are formed by your spirit and your word today. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. So we end uh, the Sermon on the Mount, that's the way we began it. Jesus walks up the mountain, and then he walks back down the mountain into a very real world of, of need and of challenge. So uh, Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, so that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help lord he said my servant lies at home paralyzed suffering terribly jesus said to him shall i come and heal him the centurion replied lord i do not deserve to have you come under my roof but just say the word and my servant will be healed for i myself and a man under authority with soldiers under me i tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes i say to my servant do this and he does it When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, "'Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subject of the kingdom will be thrown outside in the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.' And Jesus said to the centurion, "'Go, let it be done, just as you believed it would.' And his servant was healed at that moment. When Jesus came to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. When Jesus saw the crowds around him, he gave Uh, orders to cross to the other side of the lake. then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests. but The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. Jesus was sleeping. Disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God, they shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, go. They came out and they went into the pigs and the whole herd rushed down a steep embankment into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into town and reported all of this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men then the whole town went out to meet jesus and when they saw him they pleaded with him to leave the region a very interesting response to a deep uh, miracle um you have these two demon-possessed men and uh, of course in both in mark and and uh, uh, luke we, we talk about one particular individual uh, but there was another, you know, that was part of this. And in the, those two Gospels, you focus on the one, but the two. And the same events, you know, happen here where the demons plead with them, knew not to be tortured before their time and ask them to be sent into the pigs. And the pigs, and once the demons and have them run down this steep embankment into a hill and are drowned. And, and of course, uh, the townspeople come out and they see the, the men in their right minds. Uh, but they also see the destruction you know that the, the demons have done and they really do not know how to process that and instead of begging jesus to stay mm-hmm. they beg him to to leave which is uh, to us just amazing mm-hmm. but there are so many times when he evades our life that we'd rather he, he leave than stay mm-hmm. What are what are some of the other things that stand out? You know, as you read, uh, you know, chapter eight, and, and of course, the thing that immediately hits me is you have this wonderful, you know, time of teaching on the side of the mountain, mm. and then you immediately can come down and you're confronted about, you're confronted with the things of this world mm-hmm. and the brokenness of this world, and, and a lot of times we'd like to stay on the mountain yeah. rather than coming down the mountain yeah. and being engaged. We love retreats and we love camp experiences and we love worship experiences. But we are called to be salt and light, and part of that is engaging the brokenness in our world, uh, which is exactly what Jesus and the disciples do.
1: I, I love the reaction to Jesus. You know, the, when he comes down the mountain, you have this leper who boldly approaches him. I mean, this this would have taken, you know, guts to approach Jesus and, and to say, you know, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And yeah. Jesus reaches out and touches the man. And we've talked about this. I think when we read Mark you know, just the compassion of Jesus there. But I love that Jesus sends him back to the priests as a testimony to them. And in other words, and we're going to see it contrasted with this faith of a Gentile, the centurion, you know, he, he says, I've come actually, you know, to to the people of Israel and, and they don't they don't receive me. I mean, how many times does he say Jerusalem is the place that stones the prophets, you know, they rejected me. And, and yet here he is saying, you know, show yourself. To the people who should have been, who should have noticed that I've come, you know, but they they continue in their seven hearts. And, and,
0: and of course, that's the heart of chapter five. Don't think I've come to abolish mm-hmm. the law, but yeah. to fulfill the law. I'm not, you know, the least stroke or the least movement of a pen will by any way pass away until everything is fulfilled. And that's mm-hmm. exactly, you know, what he asked you know, and what he asked him, uh, you know, ask him to do.
2: I also love, you know, the faith of the centurion. He, he obviously understands. Jesus is a man of authority, yep. and then we see a little later on in the chapter his disciples are still confused as to who this man is and and how these things do obey him. But this centurion, this Gentile, in the middle of a pretty wild situation, understands who Christ is and that he has the power to say do this, and it will happen. And through his faith, it it does, which is so cool to see.
0: And you wonder, um, you know, when he says I, you know, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, whether that's something that he heard from. His Jewish neighbors, for a long time, we're not mm-hmm. coming under your roof. Mm-hmm. We're not coming under your roof, and, and of course, you have the event in Acts where, you know, Peter shocks everyone by coming under the roof of a centurion, uh, you know, and, and sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you wonder if Jesus would have? Of course, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Which would, yeah. which have, which would have been you know, e- even more shocking. Uh, but the thing that uh the thing that's astounding you know to jesus is 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 this kind of faith. Uh, a lot of people want a faith they can touch and they can feel and they can see and, and and this one said I understand the dynamic of who you are and the kind of yeah. power you have and it's not limited in time or space yeah. and uh, of course, what a wonderful what a wonderful response mm. and then you have you have you know this is Largely, you know, from here on out, a Gentile section. Yeah. And, and you do have Jesus' promises. Many people are going to come from the east and the west, and they're going to be part of this beautiful picture. You know, I, I love it, of, of being gathered in God's presence in the new heavens and the new earth with this wonderful banquet. And, mm-hmm. of course, Isaiah says, on the mountain of the Lord are the choices of food and the riches of wines and uh, the abundance of the Lord. So this is a part of that image of, you know, celebrating in his presence. He said, "Many will come from the east and west, and many who should have, should have known, will be cast out, where they'll be weeping, and, and gnashing of teeth."
1: Hmm. You know, I was reading. Um, speaking of Jesus calming the storms, I was reading Psalm 107 the other day, and I've never noticed the parallels, you know, between Psalm 107 and Jesus calming the storm. But I wonder if you know Matthew puts this story in here, and when he asks the question at the end, you know, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Uh, their minds would have went immediately to Psalm 107. I'm just going to read part of it really quickly. Um, Verse 23, it says, Some of them went out on on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, His wonderful deeds in the deep. For He spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens... Uh, they mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths in their peril their courage melted away they reeled and staggered like drunkards they were at their their wit's ends then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distress he stilled the storm to a whisper and the waves of the sea were hushed they were glad when it grew calm and he guided them to their desired haven let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders I mean that is just a commentary on what happened you know, right here where Jesus, I mean, it, it happened, like, this isn't just, you know, a, a false story to, you know, create some kind of theology or whatever, but I mean, if, if Psalm 107 would have been in the back of their minds, who, what kind of man is this? Yeah, psalm it,
0: 107, and, and 107, and not a singular psalm, you hear in other psalms, he is the one who commands the winds and the waves. Yeah. In the book of Job, you hear, you know, the same thing, uh, you know, who is it, you know, that tells the waters go this far and yeah, only, you boundaries. know, only this far. And and so all of these things are things in the Old Testament, the command of the wind and the waves uh, that are attributed to God himself. And so when you ask that question, that's the question you're asking, who in the world is this? He's doing what only God can do. Mm -hmm. Not only is he exhibiting, uh, you know, the restorative power, you know, of the gospel and putting healing people with leprosy and people who are paralyzed but he can command the wind and the waves as well and and so the questions to the heart of it wow only God can do this and yeah. they're, they're starting to get it mm-hmm. that God is present in the person of Christ uh, and in a much you know deeper you know richer way and of course the way that uh Matthew opens the gospel and ends the gospel is with you know, God's presence with us. Their name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Yeah. And surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age.
2: So and how does it not kind of show us that we often think so little of Jesus, or we just don't quite truly understand all that He is? After they've seen so many people be healed and and all these miracles, they're still surprised at at who Christ is, and and their vision of Him is still smaller than it probably needs to be and we often I think as well I know I do obviously don't see Jesus for all that he truly is now, and all that he truly can do you know
0: we we are so used to this you know and, and um, you know we've, we've grown up in Sunday school and vacation Bible school we hear the stories repeat the stories and it's just yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: As I have a small and, Jesus and, and, yeah. and, and we
0: don't you know we don't you know step back and realize with amazement not only who he is, but his greater work is the work that he has done in us and restoring us, you know, in a right relationship with God and purifying our heart. What an amazing thing mm-hmm. that God sent His Son, born of woman, born of man, mm-hmm. in order to redeem sinful man. Yeah. yeah. Who was it? I can't remember
1: who wrote the book, but "Your God is too small," you know, <laughs> and just so many of our our issue. I mean, we're we're just like the disciples. No matter how many times we read through the Gospels, you know, we we find that we've Our God continues to be at times, you know, we've made him too small. And I think that's why even as we read these chapters and we see these variety of, you know, responses and and acts, whether it's, you know, healing leprosy or casting out demons, it it exposes the fact that, you know, even going back to Matthew 6, we worry and fret about all sorts of things because we really don't believe God's big enough to handle you know our our problems are the problems of our day or maybe we just don't know if he cares and so i think reading through the gospel you know reminds my heart yeah. god is big enough god is also you know kind of the imminent you know transcendent god is transcendent and god is imminent you know and and i can entrust myself to him
0: and sometimes we don't trust him because we have a, an agenda that we know is different than his yeah. as well uh, but it is a you know, a beautiful description of who he is and a beautiful description of what he came to do, all of these are restorative acts, whether it's Mm demon-possessed, two demon-possessed men that are so violent that people can't even walk that way, Uh, whether it is, you know, the centurion's servant who is evidently, you know, by some accident, paralyzed and suffering greatly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, in his his pain, Uh, whether it's, you know, Peter's new mother-in-law, you just see the restorative power. Uh, you know of Jesus, and, and and of course we look forward to the hope we have. You know yeah. the fulfillment, you know of these promises that uh, one day all things will be restored and all things will be made new. And you just see signs of the kingdom yeah. in the middle of this. Matt, why don't you uh, close us, uh, close us with a word of prayer.
1: Yeah, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for um, the reminder that that you care, that you are powerful, that you are good, um, that, that, Father, even now um, you are accomplishing your work in us. Uh, thank you for Christ. Thank you for, for the grace that we have in him. And as um, we read uh, these stories, or we're reminded of his compassion, of his power, of um, his desire to, to transform um, and, and to renew. And so, Father, would you continue to use us um, to be... Uh, ambassadors, agents of reconciliation that you would continue to to do your work in us and and through us uh, that we would continue to see the kingdom flourish um, both now and and forever Uh, Father thank you for this time together Um, would you um, be with us um, today and this weekend as we we gather as your people Um, God glorify yourself both in our church and in the churches around the world Um, would you continue to draw men and women to yourself Um, and get much glory. God, we thank you for um, this time together. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.